Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Embodied Astrology. My name is Renee Sills. I'm a consulting astrologer and embodiment guide. I'm interested in the ways astrology can support and expand our perspectives and conversations around art, healing, politics, relationships, and life in general. Today's episode was made in collaboration with a dear friend and colleague of mine, Rose Blakelock. Along with being an amazing astrologer and the co-host of the Big Dyke Energy podcast, an astrologically oriented take on queer culture and pop culture, Rose is also a musician and composer, and she's arranged and produced this episode from excerpts she scavenged from the recording of a recent workshop we co-facilitated called Life Eats Death. Our workshop and this episode both explore the terrain of Mercury's retrograde cycles. Mercury's symbol is often associated with tricksters, travelers, psychopomps, and other figures that easily traverse between realms of seen and unseen, known and unknown. Coyotes, crows, and mycelium are just a few of the life forms Mercury's archetype includes. When we observe these beings, we might be amazed by their cunning, intelligence, communications, and abilities to thrive in conditions of resistance and oppression. Mercury goes retrograde three times a year. A retrograde cycle refers to a period of time when, from our viewpoint here on Earth, a planet appears to pause in its forward orbital trajectory and then reverses back to a previous point, during which it will also transition from being visible in the morning, just before the sun rises, to being visible in the evening, just after the sun sets. In the symbolic language of astrology, retrograde phases represent periods of time which are well-suited for RE prefix activities, like remaining with an important decision, reversing direction, or rethinking a priority. Mercury's second retrograde in 2022 occurs between May 10th and June 3rd in the signs of Gemini and Taurus. This retrograde also begins in the window between two powerful and important eclipses. On June 3rd, when Mercury stations direct, it will be doing so at a degree point that has been significant in this eclipse series, and suggests that this retrograde cycle has uncommonly important significations, several of which highlight the need to work through layers of conceptual and material attachments, and to break or unbuild what is no longer useful so that we can reconstruct in ways that lend more readily to our lives' evolutionary processes. Rose and I were interested in working with this retrograde through practicing scavenging and creative reconfiguring, some of which we're sharing here in Rose's sound collage and reconstruction of the meditation and writing practices we incorporated in our workshop. If you're interested in learning more about Mercury's archetype, Mercury Retrograde, this cycle in specific, and also how to relate it with your own chart, check out our workshop recording, which will be available for purchase and download through June 13th. This is the day that Mercury re-enters Gemini in direct motion, and it's also the day when Rose and I will hold a second listening session, where we'll convene with those who've been working with these retrograde prompts and processes to show and tell how we engage with the invitations of this cycle. I always say that astrology is a framework and technology that can help us live into the greatest potentials of our lives. Life happens, and it is so often overwhelming, confusing, and terrifying. But working with astrology can help us contextualize, move towards growth and opportunity, 
and remember larger cycles at work. Rose and I truly hope that this offering can help support you in the deep work of this time. To learn more about our workshop and to access the recording and listening session, go to embodiedastrology.com and check out the workshop section. You can find more information about me, Renee, and Embodied Astrology, and Rose and her practice and podcast in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We are going to work through the realm of speculative imagination, right? Of fantasy and the inner oracle. Probably several of you have done processes like these. If you've worked with me before, there's a good chance you've done it with me. This is a guided meditation and a guided journey. So I'm going to offer a, a narrative of, of descriptive language for you to imagine into. And whatever emerges in your imagination is correct. Okay, so there's no right way to do this. Um, whatever comes through for you, including a blank space, including a question, is correct. Okay, the images that you get here and the sensations that you get here also are to be held in transit, right? They're in motion. And they'll, if you, if you invite them, if you choose to work with them, they'll continue to kind of unravel and make meaning with you over time. So what we work with today, anything that, uh, again, anything that doesn't land for you, let it roll off. Anything that lands for you, keep working with it over the next six weeks as metaphor and idea and, and image. And anything that comes, just like a dream, okay, this is a symbol to pay attention to, to work with, to work within yourself around its archetype and its meaning, etc. All right. So what Rose and I are going to go back and forth. I'll do a little bit of a meditation and then Rose will take you into some writing. Um, so have your pen and paper close by and then be in a, in a posture position where you can comfortably move between your inner sight, your inner awareness and imagination and writing. All right. So to begin move your attention away from the computer. And you might wanna actually physically move your body or you might wanna move the screen or something like that. If it feels comfortable to close your eyes, you're welcome to close your eyes. And whether your eyes are open or closed, start to tune in now with your inner experience Feel the movement of your breath. And begin to observe how you receive information. Notice your body and the sensation occurring in your body that let you know where you are, that let you know information like temperature, 
comfort, orientation and direction, desire and need. Access, ability, tune into your skin as a layer of perception between your inner world and your outer environment. Feel how your skin tells you about temperature and texture. Shift your body slightly, finding a little bit of movement and notice how you feel movement. How do you perceive movement happening in your body? Tune in with your ears. Notice what you hear through your left ear. And through your right ear. Notice how your sense of hearing relays information to your body as you hear through your right ear and as you hear through your left ear. Notice subtle sensations in your body shifting in orientation and direction. Can you smell anything right now? In what you perceive through smell, does it take you in any direction? Notice how smell builds relationship and direction. to stretch your hands, feel your fingers and your palms spreading, stretching, grasping. And then as you're ready, turn your eyes to your hands and if your eyes have been closed, open them and see your hands. See the different 
sides and shapes of your hands and see how your fingers spread, how they clasp and grasp. And then start to play with the relationship between your eyes and your hands. Move your hand or hands around and follow your hands with your eyes. Play with the relationship between reaching and grasping and pulling and just pick something up in your environment and bring it closer to your face. And notice that your hand can help you turn whatever you've picked up so that you can see it from different angles and different perspectives. And whatever you've picked up, bring it all the way to your face and smell it. Notice if it has a smell. If you feel comfortable or inclined, you might want to taste it. Notice if it has a taste. And then use your hand, take whatever you've picked up and put it somewhere else not where you picked it up from. And then just take one more moment and look at your hands. Look at your palms. Okay, with these hands, you build, you take apart. You can bring closer to you or you can move things away. Seeing your hands, seeing their shapes and what they do, what they can do. I'm going to share with you all a quote from Trickster Makes This World by Lewis Hyde. If the brain has cunning, it has it as a consequence of appetite. The blood that lights the mind gets its sugars from the gut. How have your appetites motivated you in this world? Have they made you curious? More cunning? Have they inspired connection? Do you know how to satisfy them without falling into somebody else's trap? Can you get the bait from the hook without becoming hooked yourself?
So we'll go back into the realm of the imaginative now. And again, if it's comfortable to close your eyes, please close your eyes. Turn your focus away from the computer. Bring your attention back into your body. Again, noticing how you perceive and receive information. And again, noticing the relationship you have to your hands. Your hands that have capacity to build as well as to take apart. To move, to change and to rearrange. Become aware of yourself in an environment. So in your mind's eye or your imagination, where are you? Become aware of yourself in an environment. And become aware that something here is lacking. You may be hungry. There may be a different kind of need, a desire or longing that you're experiencing. There's some kind of lack that you're not finding immediately in this environment. Now imagine that a signal becomes perceptible and that whatever it is that you are wanting or needing, there's some kind of signal that it's nearby. Okay, so what is the signal? Is it a sense in your body? Is it a sound or a smell? Do you get a message delivered on some kind of device? You are now compelled, you've received the signal, and there's a promise of reward or satisfaction. You're not entirely sure that you'll find what you think you want, but there's some kind of signal, some kind of message, and it might be that what you want is close by. Now see yourself starting to move in the direction of where the signal is coming from or in the direction the message is telling you to go. And in your environment, you have to use your senses. What senses are you using to follow these clues? You have to use your intelligence 
your powers of analysis and observation. You have to make meaning of the information that you're perceiving. You may have to use your hands and your body now to move through your environment. See yourself hunting or going after following the messages and the clues and move in the direction of this promise of satisfaction. Use all of your faculties, your sense organs, your perceptive capacities, your intelligence and analysis, You might have curiosities or guesses. Notice what it feels like in your body and in your being to be moving in this direction, following these clues. going to read you all another quote from Trickster Makes This World. Opportunity comes from the Latin porta, which is an entrance or passage through. The word is associated with doors and entranceways, portal, porch, portico. And an opportunist, then, is what offers an opening or what stands before an opening. For the Romans, a porta fenestella was a special opening that allowed fortune to enter. The Greek root is poros, which is a passageway for ships, but also any passageway, including one through the skin, that is, a pore. Poroi are all the passages that allow fluids to flow in and out of the body. A pore, a portal, a doorway, a nick in time, a gap in the screen, a looseness in the weave, these are all opportunities in the ancient sense. Each being in the world must find the set of opportunities fitted to its nature. What poroi have you slipped through? How can you watch for new ones to appear? When has language been a portal for you?
And then one more time, we'll come into the felt sense and landscape of imagination. And so as you're ready, close your eyes or let your gaze shift to nothing at all. Let your awareness move inwards. Noticing your body, noticing your organs of perception, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your nose, your skin, feeling your gut, your sense of intuition and bodily knowing. Imagining out and into your arms and hands and your ability to use your arms and hands to gesture, to convey meaning, and also to modify, including their ability to modify yourself, your appearance, to gesture or to posture in ways that might help you be understood. In the last imagination, we were following clues and these clues were bringing us towards the promise of something that we needed or wanted. I invite you now to imagine that you have found what you are looking for And where you have found it is in a place where there are a lot of other beings. You will be noticed here if you move too directly. And so you have to move discreetly. You want to move towards what you have been tracking. And you either have to blend in or hide in plain sight, or you must adapt and mimic so that you can move undetected. Who are these other beings? How do you know which ones will help you? Which ones might hinder or harm you? Which ones might not notice you at all? You have to use your observation now to notice what they see and don't see, what they sense and don't sense, what they want and don't want, what they expect and what they don't expect. 
You want to reach what you have been longing for, what you need or desire, and you have to get there now by moving in adaptation with your environment. There may be beings who will help you. There may be beings who will harm you or block you. Notice how you signal and how you assess. Feel your strategies, sense your strategies. You might hide and become quieter. You might distract, become louder, make a scene in some way. You might mimic. You might maneuver. What are your strategies? I'm going to begin by reading you a couple definitions of a word and then giving you one last quote from Trickster Makes This World. Polytropic, capable of taking various courses of action, adaptable, versatile, visiting many kinds of flowers for nectar. With some polytropic characters, it is possible that there is no real self beneath the shifting masks or that the real self lies exactly there, in the moving surfaces and not beneath. Are you something or someone solid beneath the shifting? One has an attachment to a static sense of self left you unable to escape or maneuver a set of circumstances. Ha <laughs> ha